Hello, and welcome to the High Street Community Church Podcast. We're so excited you're learning alongside us, and we pray this message leads you closer to the Lord and others. High Street Community Church is simply a family of friends following Jesus. God bless you as you listen. I'm back. That's nice. Quite an adventurous vacation. I'm going to show you some slides from our time um, when we went backpacking. Um, Lots of good rest. Did some projects around the house. Spent good time with Maria. She's up there doing this stuff. Um, And good time with the Lord. It's just good. uh, I would say vacation agrees with me. Can I get an amen? Um. Today, we launch our fall series, All In. You'll see the picture that Dave put, up, put on our bulletin for that, and I'll explain a little bit more of that later. Um, I want to give us some context for that. You know, like, what's the series that we just finished? What series did we do last fall, and how do they all kind of fit together? Um, I'll introduce the main topic. I'm tempted to just preach it all in one sermon, so I will probably leave a little frustrated today, and maybe you will too, but it's to just to introduce the topic. That's my goal, is to get us to start thinking about this and say, okay, what does that mean? I want you to maybe even leave with more questions than answers um, this morning, but I'm pretty excited about where we're going. And then um, we'll take communion together, which is always good for our our, uh, community to do. Um, Let's pray. God, thanks for um, this opportunity to teach your word, to be with church family again. Um, I'm encouraged. And it's, it's good to be here. Thanks for everyone that makes the effort to be here too, because as a body, we're better together. Um, thanks for the fall weather, even though fall here means summer, <laughs> nice and warm, as we uh, kind of end the weather year and get colder and colder, but it's the beginning of a new school year, and even a church calendar kind of follows this route too, so we're thankful for new beginnings. Would you challenge us? Uh, Challenge us for our own good, and ultimately for your glory. Would you uh, open our our lives, not just our minds and our thoughts, but our whole lives to your ways? Amen. So, um, thanks, Dave, sitting over there. Where's Dave? Dave, thanks for preaching a couple Sundays. Didn't he do a great job? As we've yes, as we finished up our. Live Your Slash Our Best Life, the series on First John. And then also, uh, Mike Romberger and Mark Campbell preached. Give them a hand, even though they're probably not here. It's good to have guest preachers, hear different voices. It's just enjoyable and fun. And I'm so gr- really grateful. I didn't, people, this happened a different Sunday that I wasn't here. Um, somebody said, that who I was with, they said, so are you nervous? You know, church is probably starting right now. I'm like, huh, not nervous. It's in great hands. And Great, capable people. So that's a gift, too, to just, I think maybe some pastors, when they're on vacation, they're just worried the whole time, and that's not vacation, is it? So I'm grateful for those of all of, many more than just preaching. There's all the things that go on in my absence, so I'm grateful. But the series First John, um, it was kind of a, a pretty basic series of how do we live our best lives? How do we do that uh, um, together? And a couple of the key points from there was, the first one was, God is light revealer of truth, and he's just true, and he brings light. 
God is love, and he's over, you know, just kind of overflowing with love, and it gets all over us, and then we're supposed to overflow that onto other people. Uh, We love because he first loved us. We got to keep that straight and remember that. That's how we love. We write out of his, you know, we write checks out of his account. So you can't do anything on your own. And then if we say we love God, that's going to be proven by loving others. You can't just love God in isolation. It doesn't work that way. We'll see that as we talk on for, um, further. And then the whole concept was just this idea of you do this with God. You want to live your best life. We all want to live our best life. We'll go to the Creator, and He invites us to live our lives. Actually, He lives His life through our lives. That's what's going on, and lots of other great things in that book. And then if you remember last fall, so it would have been this time last year, we did a whole series together where we met in small groups. We all kind of tackled this whole thing together. What does it mean to follow Jesus? And that's where we just really looked at the Great Commission where he said, in your going, make disciples. And we hear that, and we kind of played with that a little bit and, and you know, came up with the phrase, as you live your life, cultivate followers of Jesus. Help them grow. Encourage them. Challenge them. And there were six key relationships, um, you know, primarily your relationship with the Lord, but also have mentors, be in community. Who is it that you're pouring your life into? We were asking those questions. And then there was also six um, key behaviors and qualities. You know, are you in the word? Are you praying? Is God first in your heart? Those kind of questions we looked through as we looked up, what does it mean to follow Jesus? And one of the comments that I got from a few people as we worked on that, it was like, we can't nail this down just in a fall series. You know, as much as a pastor would like to think that you get every sermon, let alone me, do I live it fully either, you know? Are we living this? It's like, no. It's kind of like, do you get math in one grade? No, you do math in first grade, second grade, third grade. You keep building on this. So we're really building on this idea of what does it mean to follow Jesus, and we keep coming back to it, and we try to do this as a community. So this fall, we're taking on the greatest commandment, You know, Jesus was asked this question, you know, like, what's the most important thing in life? What's the greatest commandment? And Jesus says, well, what's the scripture say? And I'll I'll read the passage. Actually, I should just read it now. Um, It's in Luke 10, and it says, uh, Luke 10, verse 25, it says, and behold, a lawyer um, stood up um, to put him to the test, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what's written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said to him, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. So how do you have this full life? Love God with everything you got. That's the the challenge. I don't know if you're like me, but how many have ever heard that before, that passage or this whole idea? Love God with everything you got. With all. And then, okay, don't raise your hands here, but how many of you actually do that? I know for me, I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I come up short, but, but I'll aim for it or, you know, I don't really do that. So I feel instead of shying away with a, from a common passage that's so important, it's the most important thing, let's dive into this and let's admit where we fall short and let's see if we can reach this standard, this lofty goal of loving God with everything. And so I decided that, um, I've showed this video two other times, one at Christmas Eve and um, I think another time in the Advent season, there's a video by a group that puts out, and we're going to watch 
probably a video for a week for the next three or four weeks um, by the Bible Project. Um, and this one is on love. And it, it really explains this concept behind when, when, you know, it's back in the Shema in Deuteronomy. It says, love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And, and what does that mean, the word love? And so this video, it's like four or five minute video, and it just breaks down the biblical meaning of the word because as you'll see in the front part of the video, in our culture, love, there's a joke in there, you can love pizza and you can love your mom. And that's, it's like, Moms don't really like that kind of concept. Tell me what really, tell me the deeper meaning of love. Hopefully you don't love your mom the same way you love pizza. Um, but let's go ahead and hit that video and get a, get a good concept of what love is. So if you've heard of Jesus, you probably know about one of his famous teachings called the Golden Rule. Do to others what you would want them to do to you. And this, actually, is a restatement of something else that Jesus said, that the meaning of life is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's really beautiful, but what does he mean exactly by the word love? It's an unclear word in English, because you can love your mom and you can love pizza. And if the word love means the same thing in both of those cases, your mom's going to feel real bad. So what did Jesus mean in his language? Well, first of all, this love your neighbor phrase is a quotation from the Hebrew scriptures, where the word for love is ahava. However, the language Jesus spoke and taught in from day to day it was a cousin language of Hebrew, that is Aramaic, in which the word for love is rachma. But then, as Jesus' followers spread his teachings around the world, they translated them into Greek using the word agape. But here's what's fascinating. The earliest followers of Jesus who wrote the books of the New Testament in Greek, they didn't learn the meaning of agape by looking it up in ancient dictionaries. Rather, they looked to the teachings of Jesus and the story of his life to redefine their very concept of love. So one time, Jesus was asked about the most important command in the Jewish scriptures. And he first quoted from the ancient prayer in the Torah called the Shema. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. So love for God is the most important thing. But then Jesus quickly followed up by saying another command from the Torah was also the most important, to love your neighbor as yourself. So which is the most important, loving God or loving your neighbor? Jesus' answer is yes. To ask the question means you don't get his point. For Jesus, they are two sides of the same coin. Your love for God will be expressed by your love for people and vice versa, they're inseparable. And so this makes it clear that for Jesus, agape love is not primarily a feeling for someone else that happens to you, like our phrase, I fell in love. For Jesus, love is action. It's a choice that you make to seek the well-being of people other than yourself. Jesus also went on to teach that genuine love for God and others means seeking people's well-being without expecting anything in return, especially from people who are in difficult situations who can't repay you even if they wanted to. According to Jesus, this kind of generous love reflects the very heartbeat of God. And he took this even further. Jesus said that the ultimate standard of authentic love is how well you treat the person that you can't stand. Or in his words, you shall love your enemy and do good to them expecting nothing in return. For Jesus, this kind of enemy-embracing love imitates the very character of God himself. Now, we wouldn't be talking about Jesus still today if he had only said things like love your enemy. This is how he actually lived. Jesus was constantly helping and serving the people around him in very practical and tangible ways. And he consistently moved towards 
poor and hurting people who couldn't benefit him in return. He showed love for the forgotten ones, the people who usually fall through the cracks. And when Jesus eventually marched into Jerusalem, he made himself an enemy of the leaders of his people by accusing them of hypocrisy and corruption. But then instead of attacking his enemies to overthrow them, he allowed them to kill him. Jesus died for the selfishness and corruption of his enemies because he loved them. After Easter morning, Jesus and then his followers claimed that it was the power of God's love for the world that was revealed in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. As the Apostle Paul put it, God demonstrated his own agape for us in this. While we were still sinners, the Messiah died for us. Or in the words of the Apostle John, God's own agape was revealed when he sent his one and only son into the world so that through him we could have life. And for John, then, this leads naturally to the conclusion, beloved ones, if that's how God has loved us, then we ought to show love for one another. So Christian faith involves trusting that at the center of the universe is a being overflowing with love for his world, which means that the purpose of human existence is to receive this love that has come to us in Jesus and then to give it back out to others, creating an ecosystem of others-focused self-giving love. And that's the New Testament meaning of agape love. Isn't that good? May your kingdom come. What did it say? An ecosystem. That's what we're after. Let let that be true in our church. Jesus gives us an invitation. There's a number of them. And a couple that I want to bring to mind are um, in Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy. I'll read it up there. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So he's like, come here. I know you're exhausted. I'll take care of you. And you're going to find rest. And then he says, in, I think it's in uh, Matthew 16, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life and lose it, whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then he goes on. Next slide. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. So the invitation is, come to me, I'll give you rest, you'll find rest. And then he says, deny yourself. You know, if you try and save your life, you'll lose it. If you try and, if you give yourself away, if you die to yourself, you'll live. That's where we come up with this phrase of of all in. And our phrase that we have for our, for our series is all in. So he's calling us, not only does he give us everything, but he's saying, now give back everything, sacrifice everything. What does that mean? How do we do that? And fortunately, on vacation, um, I experienced, and, I'll, and it's, it's kind of a way for me to get in my, my home slides of my vacation to show you guys what we did. But it's a really good illustration of what does it actually look like to be all in in terms of following Jesus? Or in this case, just plain following. So I invited Maria. I grew up backpacking my whole life with my dad and my brother and my sisters went sometimes. And so I enjoyed that. And then over time, um, I invited Maria. She went camping with our family. She took to camping like a fish to water, was so good at camping, but we'd never been backpacking. And this vacation, we had time. We go up to uh, Mount Shasta, stay in a little house up there from, 
with, uh, that our friends own. And from that home base of this little house, we can go backpacking in the local mountains. So a few times she was kind of like, are you sure we want to do this? Isn't it nice just to be in the house and go to the lake for the day and this kind of stuff? It's like, we're going backpacking. You'll, you'll love it. It's going to be great. And, and I know how much work it is. It's, it's hard work and it's hard to do. And she, she wanted to do it, so she was all in. So if we can hit the, the first picture. So every journey has a beginning. There's Maria about to throw on. You can see her hand is on her pack, which there's no way around it. When you go backpacking, it's heavy. If she even asked me at the end of the trip, she's like, can we make our packs lighter? I'm like, no, <laughs> not if you want to have a you know, sleeping bag to sleep in and food to eat. So she was a good sport. And really, you know, ultimately, what, what I'm, I'm going to parallel the story with God and us with this backpacking idea is that God invites us. He doesn't force us to follow him. He invites us. I invited Maria. She could have said no, and we wouldn't have gone backpacking. But she says, no, I want to go. So I invited her, and she she said yes. So the story begins um, with an invitation, and it begins with her choice to say, yes, I want to start this journey. So we throw on the packs, and then we go to the, let's see the next picture. Uh, if you want to go fast, go alone. This is an old African proverb. If you want to go far, go together. Here's one of the mistakes we make as Christians. We say, yes, I'll follow you, Jesus, and then we walk by ourselves. You can't do that. It won't work that way. You're walking. And now, Take it easy here. I'm not trying to be Jesus, but I did lead her on the backpacking trip. But when you go on this journey with the Lord, the whole journey is with the Lord. It's fun for him too. You know, it was great. I'd love to have Maria along on this trip, but she said yes to this journey, but I didn't say, okay, here's your pack. Have a good time and send her off by herself. Oh, we went together. So you're invited to go with the Lord in this journey of following him. Um, we had an adventure it's always an adventure. And if, you've, if you've ever been backpacking, something always goes wrong, right? So this picture is, you see, I don't know if it, you can tell, that lake is almost like a dried up pond, you know? It's probably like 8,500 feet. That's Mount Eddy behind it, which is about 9,500 feet. We actually shot past the lake we were supposed to stop at. The map wasn't so great. And we hiked another, I don't know, 500 feet with these big heavy packs on our back. And we get up there and I'm looking, and I'm like, I don't think this is the lake we're looking for. And she's, you know, she's great attitude, but I know she's thinking, I just carried this huge heavy pack way past, because you can see down like, oh, that's the lake we were supposed to stop at. Sorry. The other thing that happened with, with regards to an adventure, and here's how you know you're really all in, how you know you're following Jesus is when everything goes wrong. And like the disciples are like, where are we going to go, Jesus? We've left everything to follow you. The very first night, guess what happened just before midnight? Huge thunderstorm rain you got it and uh, I never go backpacking when it looks like rain I'm like nope done that no nope, not interested and yet when you stay at high altitude high alpine lakes guess what they can create their own weather she's like didn't you look at the weather I'm like totally I did there's no way this is it's not raining <laughs> and the tent is shaking I'm like please this $30 big five tent please hold together <laughs> and it, it was quite an experience and we made it through but guess what there was no opting out. You, you can't, you're, you're there. You know, you can't just, oh, I don't want to backpack anymore, and then walk into the bathroom or the bedroom. You've you got a lot of stuff far from your car. It's the middle of the night. You're there. You're, that's a picture of following, and you're all in. She wasn't that happy with me at that point, by the way. <laughs> but then you get some blessings. 
it may include some hipster toast, avocado toast. That was her idea. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And then the next picture, you know, doesn't uh, food taste amazing when you're backpacking, by the way? It's like the best, you know, oh, a crumb of bread. <gasps> it's fabulous. Location, location, location. That's a picture of our campsite. Nobody around. Beautiful lake. I mean, look at it. It was like a lawn right there. And here's the thing. And this is true about backpacking, but even more so true with following Jesus. Unless you backpack, people can't drive to that spot. You don't get to see that if you don't hike and put in the sweat and the toil. There's experiences that you, unless you follow Jesus, others will not know. If you don't follow Jesus, you just won't know. Heaven is one of those. You know, you don't get to be with God, but just this life of adventure with God, you don't experience unless you say yes to following God. It's that simple. Um, next picture, last one. Well done. Give Maria a hand. She did great. We were hiking on the Pacific Crest Trail up at the Deadfall Lakes, and we actually ran into one of those Pacific uh, Crest Trail hikers. You know they hike from Canada to Mexico. And it, this is a little side bonus for us. Don't compare yourself as followers of Jesus, because we, we uh, backpacked about five miles and maybe day hike another five miles or something. A really neat guy, met him, retired from the Navy, and he said, boy, that storm was pretty bad. I'm like, oh, you don't know. <laughs> and, uh, but he, he had already hiked like 1,200 miles. 1,200. And he was all fit and walking, and, and, and we were like really tired. And, and as a Christian following Jesus, we can look at the other person that's walked 1,500 miles or something, and we've walked three, and we're thinking we're, you know, we're patting ourselves on the back as, as champions that we are. Don't compare. That's not what you do. We were happy to see him. He was happy to see us. He went on his journey. We went on our journey. Um, well done. Well done. That's, that's the goal. That's, where, that's what we want to hear from the Lord. He, he invites us into this journey with him, and we stick with it. We stick with him, and at the end, that's what we want to hear. Well done, good and faithful servant. So I mentioned it earlier, our passage is really, I mean, our, our series this fall is anchored just in one verse, and I'll read it again. It's Luke um, chapter 10, verse 27. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourselves. So the, uh, when that passage, because it's tied to, as the video said, it's tied to um, in Deuteronomy, the Shema. This is a, you know, love God with everything. They were told to tell their kids about this all the time, to try to remember this throughout the day. And as I've been studying this passage and I look forward to the fall, the key word that I'm kind of stuck on is this word all. It's not love God with some, it's with all. And I can't get past that word. I, I, first, I feel like I can't do it. And yet, Scripture is super clear. It's so clear, it's saying, all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. Very deliberate. And so I thought, as a church, we really should pause and not just blow through this passage and hope it happens. We should pause week after week and really dig this apart, really dig into it and say, what does it mean to love God with all my heart? That's our, our sermon next week. What does that really mean? What is my heart? How do I do that? We're going to investigate those things. But the key I wanted to say here is we came up with a tool, and Dave um, put the, I had the idea, and then Dave actually made it happen, ordered the stuff online, and we have this. 
It's a little poker chip. You're all gamblers. No, it's a token. And yeah, gambling, the, the, the motif is there on purpose because this, this is a sense that God has given you life. How are you going to invest it? What are you going to do with it? And he calls us to sacrifice everything, give everything all in. So we made these, and next week I'll hand them out to everybody that wants one. And I've been doing this already. Is Everybody will get one of these, and it's got the scripture on it, and it's got our theme on there, and it's just to be a reminder. So it's in your pocket. You can put it in your purse or somewhere that you'll see it because I, and more importantly, God doesn't want us just to look at this scripture and then forget about it. You'll do that. I'll do that. But I keep finding this thing in my pocket, and I'm like, what is this? Oh, 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 yeah. I'm supposed to love my neighbor as myself. Oh, you know? Or I got to love God with everything. Well, I love God with something. He's calling us to all. And so it's just a human thing that we need. It's a token to remind us that we'll use and to remind us and to remind one another. And I'll develop that theme a little bit more. Um, so a couple questions as we finish up this morning. Simple question is, are you all in? Are you all in? Just pause and think of that to yourself. And then, is this a one-time decision or is it ongoing? Yes, it's both. See, a lot of times as Christians, we've either heard this or we just believe it, that I came to a place in my life where I realized that I couldn't do it on my own and I have this need. I admit this need for God. And so we say, I became a Christian. That is super important, awesome. That's the start of the journey. But for some reason we're told, yes, I prayed that prayer, I did that, I am a Christian, past tense, and then we go on and live our lives by ourselves. And that's a crime. Number one, you're going to be frustrated. Two, that's not what you said yes to. You said yes to a journey, not just a washing, a one-time you know, cleansing before God. You're positionally, you are saved before God, but it's a, it's a yes and an ongoing. So we say Yes, I, love, I, I admitted that I needed Christ. You're supposed, not supposed to. You're going to need him your whole life. You want to constantly admit like, yes, I need to love God with all. I want to love God with my whole heart. I want to love him with everything I've got. Okay? So that's, it's not only a one-time decision, which is very important. You can't start the journey without deciding, but then it's an ongoing yes. Love, I mentioned love God with your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Walking together. I showed that in the picture of Marie and I walking together. But number one, yes, you're walking with Jesus, but we walk together as a church. If you've ever tried walking alone, it just doesn't work well. Now, it's, it's more humbling to walk with other people because they see challenges that you have or maybe show you blind spots, but that's the call. That's how we grow together. And not only do they help you see what's wrong, they also encourage you and tell you what's right. How valuable is it when someone tells you that you're doing something right? Like, I can bank on that. I remember that. Some of my best spiritual growth is because other people noticed something in me and I, and I didn't, maybe didn't believe it. And then I thought, okay, maybe that is true. So we're going to walk together. And that's what we do in those groups that we meet during the equipping hour. Um, purposely answer questions, ask questions about what we're learning. And then this concept, which we can't lose this piece because it's in the second part of our series, the second half is love your neighbor as yourself. Anybody do that? That is so hard. If, I, if I'm serious and I look back to the different places that I live, and this is just a confession, it's not always, I'll say it like this, there's always at least one person that li- I mean, physically lives in my neighborhood that really bugs me. What is wrong with me? I look back and I'm like, oh, I love my neighbor. 
And then these people start popping up. I didn't love him. Oh, she really got on my nerves. I hated that they did, did this. And, and it's as clear as can be. Scripture's saying, love your neighbor. And now, you know, Jesus tells a story about who your neighbor is. But sometimes it's your actual neighbor who lives next to you. And that is hard. So if, you're, if that's hard for you, join me, because that's hard for me sometimes. Um, and so that, we won't escape that piece of not just loving God, it's also loving your neighbor. They go together, as the video told us. Now there's kind of two, I think, there's two kind of responses that we reside when, when we read a passage like this with, with regards to all in. You're either comfortable, like, yeah, loving God with my whole heart, I did that, or I said that, or I claimed that. And so you shouldn't be comfortable because this is something we actually fail on. So if you're comfortable, like, no, I got that, you're deceived. And then the other thing is that you might just be defeated. You might be frustrated. I can't love God with everything. It's too lofty of us a goal. I can't do it. You're in good company. You can't do it. But guess what? When the disciples came to Jesus and they said, who can enter the kingdom of God? That's their, like, we can't do this. Jesus is like, you're right, you can't. With man, with humanity, with people, you can't do this. But with God, all things are possible. So that's the basic invitation that God has for us this morning is he's calling us to this standard that is so high that, yes, you can't reach it on your own, but he's calling us to a standard that we can reach. You can love God with everything you've got with his help, with his power. That's the invitation. That I want to sign up for. That I want, I want to carry around a token that reminds me, like, I want to love God with everything I got. God, you got to help me. I cannot do this on my own. That's what we're after. One of the best things, we, Marie and I learned this the hard way many years ago, is um, what's the best breakfast when you're camping? Bacon and eggs. A couple times when we went camping in our earlier years, I specifically remember this at Halama Beach down, in, uh, down the central coast, and I had told her, no, you know, we're going to pack light, we'll bring oatmeal or something like that. And we're making our oatmeal, and we're camping with friends at this surf spot, and, guess, and they break out the bacon and eggs and you smell that. I don't even eat bacon and eggs, hardly ever, but you smell it, you're like, oh my gosh, that's what I gotta have, right? Bacon and eggs, and so we brought bacon and eggs and camped and had it and tried to make all of our neighbors jealous, but, and it was actually very good. But there's a joke about um, the breakfast, about uh, bacon and eggs. With regards to breakfast, who's more committed, the chicken or the pig? The chicken donates, the pig sacrifices. Which one was all in? It's funny. The pig is all in. He's like, I'm all about breakfast, literally. We're laughing, but guess what? That's what God's calling us to be, the pig. That's what Jesus did. He didn't talk about saving and donate something and and give something, you know, which even of value. He gave himself. That's the point. And so we're like, yes, Jesus, thanks for giving yourself. Now I'm going to donate a little bit of my time or give some offerings or, or, you know, whatever it is that we get. And those are good things. We're called to sacrifice and give, but he's not asking just for that. And we'll get into that. He's asking for the whole enchilada, right? He's asking us to be like the pig, be fully committed to breakfast. And I don't know how to do that. I don't, in my flesh, I don't want to do that. But guess what? When I, when I read the Old Testament piece here in Deuteronomy, when I read through what Jesus is saying, he's calling us to a high level of sacrifice, and he says this. He says, it's the best thing for you. It doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel natural. It's not. It's supernatural. 
the best thing you can do is obey him and die to yourself. That's what he made us to do. Not just talking about it, not just giving her resources, but a surrendered life. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, um, I was looking forward to this message because I need to hear it. I agree with the concepts, but I don't always live this way. And I'm looking forward to my brothers and sisters here encouraging me to follow you with my whole heart, with my whole mind, with my whole body, my strength, everything. And I want to challenge each of them to do the same. We've all heard these concepts since we were little kids. Kids, definitely. You tell us in your word, tell your kids these things. So kids, listen up. Students, young adults, you need to hear the way of life, the way of real life goes through the doors of death, dying to yourself, counting on Jesus' death. Middle-aged adults, senior adults, We've heard this. We need to keep hearing it. We need to be reminded. Lord, show us the way to live your life following you with everything we have and all that we are. Amen. Thank you for listening to the High Street Community Church weekly message. We hope you were encouraged to follow Jesus For more, please subscribe to our podcast or visit us online at hscchurch.org.